Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Players Be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed. That's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, Ed? Oh, my God. Okay, sure. Yeah, I, I, uh, get, that, we, so, I get that look a lot, but that's, so, that's uh, cool. We're just, uh, I'm just going to get right into this because I just saw it live. Um, we'll dive more into this, but uh, 44 yard touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence to Kristen Kirk. Just so you guys know, we're recording this live on Thursday. I was out of town, I was in the Sin City. Uh, and uh, that's where we're at. So it's getting out a little bit late to you. Do apologize. And, 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 and you should all be proud of Dan. He wasn't. The degenerate gambler we all know and love. He stayed away from the roulette table this time. I but actually anyway, did. I played no roulette. Well, there you go. Let's jump right into the beginning of week six. And that was on Thursday night at, I'm still going to call it Arrowhead Stadium. They can put whatever name they want to put on the field, but it's always and forever will be Arrowhead until they stop becoming the Chiefs. But the Kansas City Chiefs improved to 5-1, and one, beating the 1-5 and five Denver Broncos, playing down to their opposition. 19 to 8. Got any feelings on this one there, bud? Um, This one, I don't have much to say about, to be completely honest. I mean, this game kind of went the way I expected. If you look at the history of these teams, um, whether they're shootouts or they're low-scoring games like this, they're always close. It's a divisional game. It's kind of what I expect. Uh, I do have questions about this Kansas City team, though, 100%. I'm not quite sure if they are as good as they were previously. I mean, they just traded for a guy in McCole Hardman um, that I believe they traded away or released. I'm not 100% sure, but he was on their roster last year, and he wasn't, and they just got him back. Um, and I believe he was in the contract. So I, I have a lot to add to this. I think the funniest thing that came out of this game is uh, the Jerry, Judy, Steve Smith incident. Yes, fantastic stuff right there. And and you wouldn't think Steve Smith would be the kind of guy that would apologize for stuff like that, but he definitely was trying to apologize, and Jerry Judy just blew him up, and that was amazing. Um, we saw Russell Wilson take a safety for intentional grounding in the end zone, which was sure. Um, if you look at the stat lines, though, this – doesn't look all that bad if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I mean, they were up over 400 yards of offense. Mahomes was 30 for 40 for 306. He did throw an interception. Shocking. Uh, Pacheco was 16 for 62 with a six for 36 through the air. So uh, hit me with that breaking news. Hit me with that breaking news you just got through ESPN. Oh, I don't know. I didn't pay attention. I, I should have muted it. it. Vince Dunn scored a goal. Um, unassisted. Travis Kelsey was nine for nine for 124 yards. So, I mean, Taylor Swift's happy. It, it, honestly, yeah, no. just in the box score, the Chiefs looked like they had a good game, but the scoreboard says they didn't. They did get the safety. They did get. I I'm so sure they got a safety. Like that happened, right? Or was that last week? That, that may have been last week. week. Either way. Um, Russell Wilson's not the answer in Denver. 13 for 22, 95 yards, one TD, two interceptions, sacked four times, rushed four times for 31 yards. 
Denver seemed to have a running attack. They got they were over a hundred there, but um, not really much there for the Broncos. The question that I'm really starting to to kind of ask myself here is, is Pete Carroll one of the most obviously he made the dumbest decision in NFL history um, by not running the ball with Marshawn Lynch. That's true. But is he one of the most underrated coaches? Because look mm. at, or, right. or was Russell Wilson that much of a system quarterback? Because his two years in Denver, he has looked like he is, uh, I mean, his two years in Denver, he, he's clearly stole money. Um, I think that's safe to say. I'm not sure if Pete Carroll's underrated. I think he's properly rated. But Slightly underrated? Because look at what he's doing with Gene Smith. Is that Maybe. more of a, a offensive is that more of a coordinator situation? But I feel uh, like we're spending way too much time on we Seattle are, when we, we have to we talk are. to them about them a little bit later. Let's move along. Let's talk about a game you didn't especially care for. Baltimore 24, Titans 16. This happened at Wembley. Wembley, that's right. Um you want to speak on it? Tot- no, wait, no, I'm sorry. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Whatever. It happened in England. It li- they like it matters. Uh, Justin Tucker had himself a day. He did. Any- anything else you want to discuss about this one? Um, <sighs> Although he did miss an extra point. I mean, the Titans are as bad as I thought they were. I, I just, are they? Yeah. Hands down, they're terrible. But are they? I mean, they're talking about trading a top three running back in the league. Derrick Henry? Yeah. I, I mean, mind. name me name me three other running backs that you would rather have on your team over him that are currently playing. He is a I was going to say, because I, I can name at least one, probably. I mean. I could name three. Give them to me. Well. Kamara, Nick Chubb, uh, Saquon Barkley. Nick Chubb I know, count. but I'm just saying, if you didn't add that qualifier in there, um, Lamar Jackson. I mean, do you want to actually talk about Lamar Jackson? Because he went 21 for 30, and I believe I counted at least three drops again. 223, a TD, and an interception. He didn't fumble, though, and he added 62 yards uh, on the ground. I will say the interception he threw was was bad. It was not it a was, good. Yeah. It, it was it was a bad interception. I, I will I will admit it when it is there. Um, I feel like I'm gonna. The one thing I will say about this game is Todd Munkin is calling such a great game offensively. And really? I, yes, it's poor execution on the field, man. You look at the plays that are that are just not. You basically look at the plays that are not happening due to receivers dropping the ball. Uh, holdings, just stupid stuff. It's these games are being called very, very well compared to what we used to have in an offensive coordinator. We needed a coordinator change two seasons ago. Um, and I mean, this Ravens team is going to be fighting for this division with another team that we're going to talk about here shortly. I mean, I don't have much to add. Besides you're running that. the football at three and a half yards a carry. You run the football 39 times. Now, granted, a lot of that is a product of the score. But eh, I don't know, man. I mean, I think maybe you're a little too high on the Ravens offense. Just a little. 
Because you can't depend on Justin Tucker to kick six field goals in a game. Oh, I agree. No, our offense is abysmal from a finishing standpoint. And and and, and you look at that. One, two, let's see, where's it? Three, four, five of them were from inside the red zone. Yeah, no, we're, we're not. Five we're red not zone possessions ended with a field goal. I believe the interception was a red zone interception. Um. I believe Ed is about to break something here. I'm a little behind on him, but I know he's watching the game. Just, Jimmy Graham uh, just dropped a pass in the end zone. He should have caught that ball. Anyway, let's move along. There's nothing really much to say here. The Ravens improved to four and two. The Titans fall to two and four. That, I believe, puts the Ravens, yep, tops in the division a half a game ahead of the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's move along. Let's go to Carolina at Miami. Miami, 42. Carolina, 21. As they still remain O for the season. Uh, this one really wasn't as close as what this... Well, actually, yeah, it was. Well, I mean, actually, yeah. You look at the first quarter of this game. Carolina, Carolina won, won the first quarter. Yeah. Thanks to a Chubba Hubbard six-yard rush. And an Adam Thielen catch from Bryce Young. And then the Dolphins said enough's enough. Mostert, Waddle, Hill, Mostert again. Mostert again. All scored to to blow the game out of reach. Troy Hill for for Carolina had a 61-yard pick six. And then a garbage time touchdown with 231 left. It brought the score to the double and nothing for Carolina. Um, yeah. So one thing that I, man, Mike, Mike McDaniel is becoming one of my favorite head coaches. Um, and it's not just because of his interviews. It's because like the stuff that like you kind of see when you don't really realize it. Um, like for example, he, he went up to Mike White after Mike White threw the pick six and he said, that's on me. That's, that's my fault. Bad play calling. I mean, Mike White also took ownership of it too. You know, he said, I lost track of him. My bad. Sorry, coach. But, I mean, that's the type of, like, leadership that you see, and I get why all these guys are McDaniel guys. Um, the one thing I want to talk about here is if you're Carolina, you have – and you get the you get the number one pick because they're trending in that direction. Um, what do you do? You have to trade that pick, right? I, would I mean, think... you're not going to give up on Bryce Young after one season. Oh, God, no. They, uh, although they do kind of have a history of doing that. But you have – Caleb Williams sitting at number one, hands down. You could get four first-round picks for him. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, and also, like, do you start moving some of these other guys? Do you start moving, like, a Hayden Hurst who's on a one-year contract, Adam Thielen who's towards the end of his career but having a great season? Like, do you start trying to rack up some more draft picks to kind of build this team around him and maybe rebuild a little bit quicker than what you thought? If somebody you, comes to if you're the I, Carolina I, I, GM I know, and somebody yeah. comes to you and says, uh, I'll give you a third for Thielen right now, you take that, right? You're oh, Absolutely. What about a fourth? I don't know. You'd like to get something out of it. There aren't a lot of fourth round picks that make it to the NFL. And you're gonna have the first overall pick. That's what you trade. But you gotta you do it before you you do it when the league year starts. You don't do it now. So, yeah, you absolutely got to start dealing some of these guys away. Some of these guys that aren't in your long-term plans. Like an Adam so, Thielen. 
Thielen. I mean, you got Chark there and you got Young. So you got two guys that you can build around. You got Chenault there, who's a younger guy, and Hubbard there, who's a younger guy. So there are some pieces in place. You just need a little bit more. And it's probably on defenses where you find them. So, yeah, you go trade that first pick. I lied. Carolina does not have their first round pick. Who do they have? To Chicago, and I don't know why. That's right. Why is that? Huh. Anyway, uh, you look keep into talking. that. Once we get to the Chicago, well, that completely I'll, blew I'll my argument that. because I completely forgot that too. I was thinking uh, Chicago's bad, but Jesus. Um. All right. Well, I mean, there's nothing really much to say here. Bryce Young, 23 for 38, 217, and a score. Johnny Hacker, one for one for seven yards. He had the best quarterback rating for anybody in Carolina. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, 19 for 88 and a score. Adam Thielen, 13 targets, 11 catches, 115 and a score. Can we say he's the lone bright spot in Carolina? Have to. I think we have to. Let's move along. Uh, we talk more about Miami, but there's just no reason to. We know how good Miami is, and they're if San Francisco is the most talented complete team, then Miami may be the most talented offensive team because of two. Okay, so this was so that that number one overall pick was in the DJ Moore trade. The Bears are trading the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft for the draft that they just got Bryce Young. Forgot mm-hmm. about that. Right. It includes first round pick, two first round picks, and DJ Moore. Carolina's regretting that trade right now, are they not? I would say, yeah. Although, how long will DJ Moore be in Chicago? I mean, th- that's a different story for a different day. But if you're Chicago, man, you have a big decision to make because right now Chicago has the first and the second pick in that draft. I, I don't know. Where know. Be, I don't I know. know where we'll, we'll get to Chicago here in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Texans twenty, Saints thirteen. Saints fall to three and three. Texans improve shockingly to three and three uh this shocking to who the texans shocking to who well to everybody but you because you're a cj stroud guy uh something i take umbrage with you that you said earlier Derek carr is a bad quarterback you said you said uh, paraphrasing of course but that's what you said he was 32 for 50 for 353, a TD and an interception, and he had two, he added two yards on the ground. But still, how is how are those bad numbers? He's not your team, bad. Your team's not winning. That's how they're bad numbers. Welcome to a New Orleans Saints quarterback other than Drew Brees. Archie Manning is probably the sec- up until Brees came there was their best quarterback, and he had a record like 60 games under 500. It was terrible. I mean, I hear you. I just, I mean, Derek Carr also threw the ball 50 times. I mean, listen, he's, something's not clicking, and I think it's Dennis Allen, if I'm being honest. I think, you I mean, it's, it is kind of crazy that Carr isn't putting up crazy type numbers when you have receivers like Thomas, Olave, Rash, uh, Rashid Shaheed, Alvin Kamara in the backfield, and the, and the rookie and Keandre Miller who needs to get more work. Something's not clicking. Maybe I'm wrong in thinking it's Carr, but when you're, you're a quarterback. You're absolutely wrong. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I would I take think, Derek Carr on the Browns in a heartbeat. Uh, well, that's, that's over Deshaun Watson. He is Baker Mayfield with better PR, and I would take uh, Baker back in a heartbeat. I don't know if I'm taking Derek Carr over Deshaun Watson. Well, it depends on your moral morality, I guess. 
And I mean, I, mean, I know for a fact exactly, you don't have much. So Watson hasn't exactly lit it up this year, although he could be playing this week. So we'll see. Anyway, CJ Stroud, 13 for 27, under 500, 199 yards, two TDs, and an interception, only two yards on the ground on three carries. I'm not sure team. Houston should have won this football game. Um, no, probably not. That's why I said something uh, Something in New Orleans isn't clicking, right? This team should be running away with this division. When you look at a division with Tampa, Atlanta, and Carolina in it, New Orleans shouldn't be sitting at tied for third in the division at this point, or I guess you, I guess tied for second before this week's game just went final. Um, but I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, something's not clicking. Um, CJ Stroud, that is his first interception of the season, six weeks in. It's impressive. In fact, there are no longer any quarterbacks that are perfect on the year, but, um, we'll talk about that other one shortly because there was a lot of controversy around him. Uh, leading up to this game. Who? Brock Purdy. Is that not, was he not the last quarter? Was he not the other one? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, yeah, you're going to have to explain that to me. Let's move along. Uh, Washington 24, Atlanta 16 at the Chinese takeout stadium, also known as Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, what do you got on this one? Um, Man. I trash Atlanta every week. I pick them this week. I say Desmond Ritter's really good at home. Really good at home. There's no way they lose this game to a Washington team that just got beat by Chicago the week before and didn't get beat. They got smacked in the mouth. And Atlanta let me down. They lose this game 24-16. Ritter throws three picks, has a passer rating of 66.5. He's formerly known as the calm villain. I'm going to start calling him the clown because – I hear too many people talk praises, praise his royalty and well, he's not doing good. And also why is Tyler Algier getting the same amount of carries as a guy like Bijan, who is just immaculate with the ball. If you just want to watch something one day, just go look at the clips that the Falcons post of Bijan running with the ball. He's going to be, he's going to be hands down the best running back in the league within two years and probably get paid nothing. But I digress. That's, that's some, some hot takes there. How is Washington three and three? Washington's a terrible football team. And Sam Howell, 14 for 23, 151. He did throw for three touchdowns, but one of them was a one-yard touchdown, and one of them, I get, was a 24-yard touchdown to Brian Robinson Jr. But still, like, they can't really run the football. They can't really pass the football. They had 193 total yards. Atlanta had 402. Yep. But Atlanta also turned the football over three times. So What if I told you, looking at their schedule and the way these teams have played out over the course of the season, this Washington team should actually be four and two because they lost to the Bears and they and they they beat the Cardinals who are trash. They beat the Broncos who are trash. They just beat the Falcons. They should have beat the Bears. Well, uh, there were supernatural forces at play agreed. in that game. Agreed. I mean, they they literally almost beat the Eagles when I was at your house. Like that game, the Eagles very well should have lost. I don't know, man. Look, this uh, I hate to say this, but this Washington team don't may sneak don't, may, don't. may sneakily be in the wild wild card hunt. You're talking yourself into stupidity. No, not I'm looking at their schedule. They 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 can be in the wild card conversation. They still have the Giants twice. 
They can't they have... win football games with 193 total offense. Well, I'm not arguing that. They're not going to get three turnovers a game. That defense is porous. Their offense can't move the football. That's not enough. Washington will not be in the playoff picture in six weeks. Okay, maybe. Let's move along. Indianapolis fell to Jacksonville 37-20 to at Everbank Stadium. I assume that's Jacksonville. Uh, and this one, there was some garbage time scoring by uh, Jacksonville with a couple of field goals. But um, this one was 31-6 to going into the fourth quarter. We had Garner Minshew start for Indianapolis, which is weird because I will always remember him as a Jacksonville Jaguar. But Jacksonville couldn't run the football. 17 for 44 and a touchdown. Jacksonville 29 for 85 with two tutties. Both of those came from Travis Etienne, who you said that Bijan Robinson is going to be the best running back in football in three years. Don't sleep on Travis Etienne. I mean, he's got to do a lot more than average 3.1 yards carry. Just saying, don't sleep on him. Dude's going to be good. Uh, Michael Pittman had himself a good game for Indianapolis. 14 targets, 9 catches, 109 yards. Uh, Garner Minshew, 33 for 55, 329, 1 TD, 3 interceptions, and a lost fumble. So is yeah. maybe Indianapolis in play for maybe going after that quarterback? Because Anthony Richardson's no. not staying healthy at all. I think he's either missed or left, what, four or five of their games early? No, they're not going to give up on Anthony Richardson uh, that soon. They're not. And I also don't think Indiana. I think Indianapolis is going to be a – seven and nine ish team, six and 10, something like that. So I don't think they're going to be in play for a high enough first round pick. And I don't think they're going to be willing to give up the package when they just drafted a guy like Anthony Richardson. I don't know, man. I I'm not sold on Anthony Richardson at all. He's, oh, Tyrod, I'm not. he's, he's Tyrod Taylor without the experience, man. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold on him either. Um, but based off what it sounds like coming out of Indianapolis, that they are extremely high on him. I think we're spending too much time on this game. You got anything else to add? Uh, Jacksonville, they have a decision to make with Trevor Lawrence. I believe he's in in a contract year. Did they pick up his fifth-year option? I don't know. Let's look. Should they? If you're Jacksonville right now and you're Doug Peterson, is Trevor Lawrence your guy? Uh, I think so. Mm, not sold on it. Let's move along. Uh, so he is a UFA. So they have him under contract this year. They have him under contract next year. And then they have the club option in 2025. But So he's at least getting one more year before that decision. You have a generational quarterback coming out now. But they're not going to be in play for a high enough pick for that. Well, let's talk about a team that may be in. Well, that's why you trade for one. Let's talk about a team that may be in play, and that's the Seattle Seahawks, as they fell to the Cincinnati Bengals, who appear to be riding their ship 17 to 13 at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. K 
Kenneth Walker opened the scoring from a yard out, and then Cincinnati woke up with a Tyler Boyd eight-yard pass, and uh, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, I will. Andre Iosavas? Is that right? Sound right? Close enough. Close yeah, enough. okay. He caught one from Joe Burrow, as that was Burrow's second uh, touchdown. Jason Myers added a 55 and a 23-yard field goal, followed by Evan McPherson icing it with 11.47 left in the fourth quarter. That's a very thin layer of icing to make it 17-13. What do you got on this one? Because Cincinnati, they needed this game, but they didn't look good. Um, I'm still not sold on Cincinnati, and I think Seattle fumbled this bag. Uh, Completely. I think, this, I think this could have been a statement game for Seattle to come on the road and beat Cincinnati at home. Uh, and I think uh, it would have uh, – maybe this is because I'm a AFC North fan. Um, this gave Cincinnati a pulse that I didn't want them to have. I wanted this to be a, a, a fork in them. And I think you agree. I think this is Absolutely. kind of a scary team if Burrow's getting healthy and they are sitting at 500. Um, <laughs> I mean, they got some cakewalks coming up too, I believe. I mean, uh, well, not, Cincinnati actually at line. They do not have an easy schedule. So Seattle kicked a field goal with 11.52 remaining. The, a 52-yarder from – I'm sorry, Seattle, or Cincinnati did to make it – excuse me, 17-13, to 13, right? Um, and that was with 11.52 remaining. Then Gino failed to um, to pick up a third and five. Then Burrow could not get anything done. Then we go back to Gino. Third and 19 from the Cincinnati 19 with 2.48 left. He finds Jackson Smith Najigba. Did I say that right? Yep. I'm, cool. I'm impressed. For 13 yards. It's fourth and six. Would you kick the field goal there with 210 remaining? Nope. Well, they didn't. Gino got sacked, and that was the end of that drive, and it, it died on the Cincinnati 6. So Cincinnati gets the football. Or I'm sorry, it died on the Cincinnati 14, technically, with the sack yardage. So Cincinnati gets the, gets the football back and take a grand total of 15 seconds off the clock and punt it back to Seattle who takes it once again down to the Cincinnati nine. So just to recap here, you kick that field goal. Now you're only down by one. They got the football back. Gino couldn't find Colby Parkinson on a fourth and eight. And that was the game. Well, that's his first issue. He's throwing it to Cody Parkinson when he's got JSN, DK, and Tyler Lockett. I I, I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like, I, you were talking. <laughs> You were talking about him being underrated. You kick two field goals, you win that football game. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, I make the same decision, and I didn't know the outcome of that. So I, I, I kicked that field goal. Well, mm-hmm. the way your defense is playing, you're on one side of the two minute. You have the two minute warning after the kickoff, and you have all three of your time, or you have two timeouts. I I, I kicked that field goal. The way, the way that defense was and the lack of movement from Cincinnati, Pete Carroll may have made a mistake there. And it was a costly one. It cost them the, the more game. I, the, the more I think about it, the more maybe I flip. But it is what it is. Well, as it is, Seattle falls to 3-2, and two, Cincinnati up to 3-3 three and three as the North 
is tight. Let's move along. Minnesota, 19. The Bears are 13. The Bears fall to 1-5 after a home field loss at Soldier Field. The Vikings right the ship at 2-4. and four. Um, This was a field goal fest in the first half as the kickers traded 52, 22, 51, and 53. Cairo Santos for Chicago and Greg Joseph for Minnesota. And then the Vikings scored right before halftime. They scored again on the other side of halftime on a fumble return. And Chicago could not bring it back as they had a touchdown with 7.46 left but could not come any closer. Uh, Chicago ran the football well. They did not pass the football well. Minnesota didn't really do anything well. How do you feel about these two teams? Uh, They both suck. Um, They're Ali Crow and the Bears. Are you happy? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm very happy. And uh, the Justin Fields injury is... uh, They're done. It's going to... Oh, yeah. No, they're done. I mean, they're one in five. But they have a big decision coming up with having the first two picks in the draft. Uh, tentatively, and I don't really see them dropping. I don't see those two picks dropping out of that. I mean, do, if you're Chicago, do you find somebody that wants to take a flyer on fields and try to get another late first round? Like, I mean, I don't really know who you could try to move them to. I mean, Pittsburgh, maybe? And the Rams? No. You I draft. Mean, I just don't know what you do. Do you, you draft Caleb and let him sit behind? You, no, you draft Caleb first, and you go with that receiver at Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr., second. And you immediately sign them to 20-year contracts, and you have your two cornerstones for their careers. To be you fair, I mean, you have the, the mock draft pretty much locked up to, to what it looks like it's projecting to be, Caleb and, and Marvin Harrison. And um, you try to smooth things over with DJ Moore. And then you flip Justin Fields for a running back. Or you just find one in free agency. I mean, or maybe you try to flip him to get some offensive line help because they need that too. They need a lot of things, but it all starts with the quarterback. And Justin Fields isn't the answer. Justin Fields went six for 10 for 58 yards an interception before he got hurt. He also added 46 yards on the ground. In came Tyson Bagent. Ten, sure. Ten for fourteen for eighty-three yards, an interception, and a four and a lost fumble. He added four yards on the ground, but three of those were on a touchdown run. Um, not really a lot there. Cole Komet, you cost me a fantasy game this week, as you only had two catches for nine yards. Uh, Kurt Cousins did not have a good game either. Twenty-one for thirty-one for one eighty-one and a touchdown. Uh, negative five yards on the ground. He fumbled twice and lost one of them. That's got to worry you some. Alexander Madison, 18 for 44. Not a good day for you. Seven targets, four receptions, 28 yards. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He is. But what's the point of having Cam Akers if you're only going to give him one or two touches? Cam Akers was brought in to be the backup. Why? Let him give him the football because it's obvious Madison ain't doing too much. I don't know. Schwartz got you're, hurt. You're 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 two and four. Maybe I don't know. Try to do something because that North is 
outside of Detroit is not that strong. You can do some things in the North if you, you know, try. Yeah, I mean, this is Detroit's division, and <laughs> they're running away with it? Uh, no, 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 no. They're not running away with it. They're already gone. Nobody's catching Detroit. Uh, let's talk about a game that took two years off my life. The San Francisco 49ers are no longer undefeated as they fell 19-17 at Cleveland Brown Stadium. We still don't have a corporate sponsor. Yeah, that was a good game. That was a real good game. Excuse me, I need to uh, hydrate. What am I going to do here? Um, so why Ed is hydrating? Just to make it clear. Uh, <sighs> Shut up, Dan. Ed picked San Francisco to win this game. Let me bask in this. Oh, well, duh. Duh. I mean, who's going to think P.J. Walker is going to beat the the 5-0 San Francisco 49ers? But he did. Now, granted, P.J. Walker didn't really do all that much. P.J. Walker did not beat that team. That <laughs> Cleveland defense beat that team. You goddamn right it did, because let me tell you something. We're all about advanced metrics here, not the eye test. The Cleveland Browns have the best defense in football. I'm not going to argue that. I told you that before the season started. If you look at, uh, now this is according to Pro Football Reference, defensive SRS, which is quality relative to the average. If the average is zero, the Browns are at 7.9. The next closest to them are the Ravens at 7.8. There's nobody else in the sevens. The next one, I believe, are the Niners at, are the Kansas City Chiefs at 6.9 and the Niners at 6.3. That's how dominant these two defenses are. And the Browns are the Browns are better. Now, granted, the, all the Browns got to do is give up less than 14 points, and they through the Ravens bye week, which is that this week or next week? Is that this week? That is not this week. No. It's later. It's later in the year, but still. Um, yeah, this the Browns are good, and the Browns defense definitely did this. It helped that Debo Samuel went out early. It helped that CMC went out early. It helped that the Niners had 12 penalties for 105 yards. Now, granted, Cleveland was 13 for 119 in the penalty department, but they held San Francisco to 3 for 12 on third down. They outpossessed them 33 to 27 minutes-wise in the game, and they got three sacks on Purdy, who did not look comfortable, held San Francisco to 15 first downs, 25 rushes for 108 yards, and only 12 for 27 for 125 through the air. This Browns defense is good. Brock Purdy was not good. He also um, threw for an, an interception and fumbled, although it did not get lost. Uh, did you CMC, think I was going to argue this? No. But I just wanted you to shut up for a little while. CMC, 11 for 43 on the ground, 3 for 9 through the air, including a touchdown. So there's that. Brandon Ayuk, 10 targets, only 4 catches for 76 yards. Him and Jawan Jennings, who had two catches for 26, were the only two 49ers to have double digits in yards. George Kittle, one catch, one yard. Kyle Juszczyk, one catch, nine yards. Elijah Mitchell, two rushes, negative three yards, no catches. Debo Samuel, no catches, two rushes for 11 yards. Granted, he got hurt, 
but still. That's how good they are. Jerome Ford actually did something. 17 for 84, two catches for seven yards. So he had himself a pretty decent day. Kareem Hunt, 12 for 47, including a touchdown, and three for 24 through the air. Uh, Amari Cooper, eight targets, four catches, 108 yards. Amari Cooper is the guy. P.J. Walker did enough. 18 for 34, 192. He did throw two interceptions and was sacked twice. But anytime you can knock off an undefeated team, you take it, and we did. And you know what else that did, Dan? If the playoffs were to start today, the Cleveland Browns are the sixth seed. The Dolphins would get a bye. The Chiefs would take the Steelers. And it would either be the Ravens or the Jaguars facing the Browns. And I think you have to want the Jaguars. Yeah. No, you know what? I don't know. I, at, at this point, the way the defense is playing, doesn't matter to me. We're going to hold you guys to about 10 points, no matter who you are. Let's move along. Let's talk to a team that can barely score any points. And that's the New England Patriots. As they fall to one in five for the first time, I believe, since Tom Brady was at Michigan. As the Las Vegas Raiders improve to three and three with a 21-17 victory at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. What do you got on this one? Um, I can't wait to talk about this week's picks because this this I don't even want to talk much about this. I mean is Jimmy G healthy, or are we? Do we got a Brian Hoyer in an AOC game? Uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has been ruled out. Okay. Um, I mean, Michael Mayer finally starting to come around. Another good young tight end. Uh, they seem to really be developing as of late. Um, Josh Jacobs looks like he's starting to get back in shape. Obviously, I don't want anybody to ever say that training camp doesn't matter any again. Because look at some of the running backs that sat out this year. Uh, it's taken them four or five weeks to get back into. You can be in shape, but there's a difference when it comes to being in football shape. On the other side of the ball, um, Mac Jones had a better game than what he has been. If you're New England, like if you're New England, if you're Belichick and you don't plan on leaving anytime soon, you have to consider like tanking for Caleb at this point, right? You talk to Chicago too, yeah. Absolutely. In fact, I can tell you one thing. If, unless Belichick is able to get Caleb from USC, he's gone at the end of the year. He's retiring. He absolutely should go. What else do you got to prove at that point? Unless you're going for the all-time win record, and then okay, but with Mac Jones as your quarterback, you're not going to get there anytime soon. Um. Matt Jones was sacked in the end zone for a safety, which ended this football game. Uh, it was 19-17 inside of two minutes, and New England got the football at their own nine and then just went backward, including the sack, which cost them the contest. Mac Jones, not good. 24 for 33 for only 200 yards and an interception and that safety. Uh, Malik Cunningham was sacked without throwing a pass, trying to run, or getting a catch. Um, Kendrick Bourne, 10 catches, 89 yards. I guess that's a bright spot if you're New England. Jimmy Garoppolo, 14 for 22, 162, a TD and a pick before he got yanked. And onto the IR, it looks like there's potential. 
Uh, Brian Hoyer, 6 of 10 for 102. Uh, Michael Mayer, 5 for 75. Jacoby Myers, 5 for 61 and a score. Uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs, 25 for 77 on the ground, 2 for 16 through the air. So a pretty decent game there. You got anything else you want to add to this? I feel like you're hinting at something, but I, I really don't. Be more specific. You asked me if there's anything I have to add. I don't. Okay. Do you have so, anything to add? Uh, free Devontae Adams. Free Devontae <laughs> Adams. Two, two, five targets, two catches, 29 yards. Get him out of there. Let's move along. Let's talk about the, the Baltimore. best team in football. Or at least the team that's playing the best, maybe playing over their heads. The Detroit Lions approved a 5-1 and one with a road victory at Raymond James Stadium over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 20-6, the Bucs fall to 3-2. and two. Not a lot to say here. Detroit couldn't run the football. 22 carries, only 40 yards. But Tampa only had 16 carries for 46 but the big thing is Jared Goff knows how to play quarterback. 30 for 44, 353, two touchdowns. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, 12 catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Not saying he's Megatron, but maybe like Starscream? Okay, maybe. You know, maybe. Um, Baker, Baker didn't look good. 19 for 37, 206, and an interception. He, he was sacked as well, but only lost a yard. It was it looked like it could have been a run. Uh, Chris Godwin, six catches, 77 yards. Nothing really else to say. He was hit three other times. Um, I mean, the, the issue with this Tampa team is what I kind of said in the preview. This offensive line, they have no way to get the run game going. 16 carries, 46 yards, uh, 2.9 a carry. I mean, you, you got to get the run game going so Baker can work off that play action. And those receivers can get open because, I mean, you have two of the top receivers in the league in Godwin and Evans. And you're fighting in this. I mean, technically, you're leading this division right now. Uh, you are in the lead. So you have to – you got to do something here to figure out a way to get this to open up because Baker looks like the Baker of two, three years ago. Um, He's healthy. Detroit has a big test coming up this week. The Ravens have a big test coming up this week. They play each other. This is a tough game for me. I like both these teams. I'm and obviously going to be Baltimore because you're a homer. You're at, well, actually, if this game is absolutely be, right, you're right. You said no, it. Let's just no, walk. no. Actually, if this game was in Detroit, I would definitely be picking Detroit. I don't believe you, but all right, let's move along. Let's go to SoFi Stadium, where the Liars beat the Cheaters, 26. To nine, that's the Rams over the Cardinals. The Cardinals fall to one and five. Rams approved two, three, and three. The Cardinals were uh, ahead of this one at halftime. In fact, Brent Maher, Mahar, Mayer, sure, with four seconds left, kicked a 35 yard field goal to make this nine to six. Then Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford hooked up from 13 yards out to begin the second half. Marr kicked another one to make it 16 to three, and it was all downhill from there for the Cardinals. Uh, what you got on this one? Anything? Do you care? Uh, I don't Kyron, care. Kyron what Williams, 20 for 158. I feel like kind of touchdown. I feel like you kind of got to mention that. Nah. 
I mean, you hate these teams, so it's fine. So absolutely, Josh, Cooper Josh Cup, Dobbs seven is, from one forty-eight and a score. There, happy. Uh, Josh Dobbs is looking like the quarterback that I thought he would be in the beginning of the season. Now the teams have tape on him. Um, but that's really all I got to add. I mean, what do you expect, dude? He was their leading rusher, which is not good. He has nobody really to throw to outside of Marquise Brown. Zach Ertz is is absent from that offense. Josh Dobbs is fighting for his life. I mean, he is. Tutu Atwell. Or, I'm sorry, Puka Nakua. Four catches, 26 yards. Yep, Puka come down to earth now that Koopa is back. I, that's still that's such that that's such a fun that's such a fun duo to say. Puka and, and Koopa. I, I, I love it. I do. I hate the All Rams, right. but let's God, move on Koopa. to another surprise. The Philadelphia Eagles shit the bed against the New York Jets. You know what? I'm gonna say it. And I think I'm justified in saying it. Zach Wilson. Is better He's than Aaron Rodgers this year. Zach Wilson is also not that bad. He's not. We, I mean, we talked about this last week. We talked about this. You know, we Dan, talked about how they had murderers row of defenses and scheming, and then he played the Broncos, and then he came into town, and then he, and then the Eagles came into town, and he beat the Eagles. Who here? I'm gonna say it. Should be three and two or two and three. Okay. I'm going to give you another hot take. Well, it's not really a hot take. It's more just like a pet peeve of mine. Now, we both are, are fine connoisseurs of all things on the hub. I am very shocked that there isn't more Zach Wilson-related content going after MILFs. I feel like that 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 is a very niche market, but it's one that would be very popular. Get, get a good-looking young guy in, in a Jets jersey and just have him, you know, track down a mill for two. I'm going to go ahead and say let's move on from this. A.J. Brown, seven catches, 131 yards. He had himself a pretty good day. DeAndre Swift could not run the football 10 carries for only 18 yards, but he did have eight catches for 40 yards and a score. He also fumbled, which was costly. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 28 for 45, 280, a TD, three interceptions. Yikes. He also had 47 yards and a score on the ground. He was the Eagles' leading rusher, and that's probably not a good thing. Um, Zach Wilson, 19 for 33, 186. No turnovers, which was huge. Brees Hall, 12 for 39, and a score. He also added five for 54 through the air. Garrett Wilson, eight catches, 90 yards. Not bad for him either. Do you know what the two teams that beat the last unto, the, the last two undefeated teams in the league have in common? The Jets and the... Browns, what? Yep. Two top-tier defenses. So we can still say the defenses can win championships. Greg Zerline, it should be mentioned, had field goals from 43, 42, 35, and 38. One of my favorite St. Louis Rams of all time. Just saying. Love the guy. Uh, I don't think they recognize that city anymore. They don't. It's Let's like move. the – you know who else doesn't? The Baltimore Orioles. They don't recognize them being the Browns either. Let's move along to the Sunday night game, the Giants and the Bills. This one stunk. But the Bills improved to 4-2, and two, beating the lowly Giants, who sit at 1-5. The Giants were without so many people. And, and almost time, won this game. 
should have won this game. Tyrod Taylor, 24 for 36, 200 yards, no turnovers, no concussions either, which is huge. Uh, five carries for 24 yards. Saquon Barkley, 24 for 93 on the ground. Four receptions for five yards through the air. So that's something. Uh, Darius Slayton, four catches, 69 yards. Wandale Robinson, eight catches for 62. You got to get those guys more involved. You got to get that yardage to higher. Stephon Diggs, 16 targets, 10 catches, 100 yards. What? 16 targets? That's outrageous. He had more targets than anybody else on either side by a lot, and more targets than the Brown or than the rest of the Bills combined. Yeah, that's nuts. That is insane. Josh Allen, 19 for 30, 169, two TDs, and a pick. He added 11 yards on the ground. James Cook, 14 for 71. Latavius Murray, 12 for 45 on the ground. Now, you said the Giants should have won this game. Why? Did you watch it? I did. The Miss P.I.? I did. I mean, maybe they shouldn't have won, but they should have definitely gone through. I mean, the Bills... The Bills don't look good. The Bills are a team that could easily be three and four. Or, I'm sorry, they, they could be three two and, and four. three or two and four. They they don't look good either. I mean, it's it, it, I actually was saying why I was in Vegas. It only makes sense that the, this was before the game started. It only makes sense that the Giants beat the Bills to wrap up the weird week of upsets. Well, we're also forgetting the fact that with 14 seconds left, the Giants handed the football off at the end of the first half. Yep. And yep. we saw Brian Dable lose his mind on Tyrod Taylor. And rightfully so, because that's a big swing. And then you got that big swing at the end where an untimed down from your own one yard line. I'm not sure I passed there when I got Saquon Barkley. From the one, I mean, or somebody's got to figure out that play that Philly's got, whatever you want to call it. The push, no, the, the brotherly shove, whatever you want right. to call it. Let's call it what it is. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a up, it's a up and over. You ever watch them? No, watch it's it? an, it, it's a through. It's not an up and over. It's a through. No, I mean, did, did you see how they do it? They literally pick Jalen up by his pants and just basically throw him up and over. Either way, the Giants should have won this football game. I'll agree with you. This this was bad. This was really bad. The, the clock mismanagement. And you got to believe that Taylor was the one that changed the play at the line of scrimmage. With 14 seconds left, you should be able to run the football and be able to spike it. Oh, absolutely. Like, Let's, um... There was some problems with the officiating there, and there probably should have been a delay a game on... Buffalo there for laying on top of the player. Agreed. But Agreed. the officiating was bad in this one. It was bad. 100%. Let's, but, uh, let's move on to this last game. Uh, I was – Vegas time's weird. I don't know how these people on the West Coast do it when it comes to watching games, but I guess you're also not there well, for vacations. Why, why don't we give the score first? Dallas 20, Chargers 17. Dallas approves the four and two, the Chargers to two and three. Now go on your rant about how you can't read a clock. Well, not that I can't read a clock. It's that it's three hours ahead, time zones, dinner times. I mean, also being there on vacation, being with a group. I didn't get to watch much of this game. I got to watch the first 
quarter or so while we were at the buffet. Um, and of course, you have to eat a buffet when you're in Vegas. Oh, one hundred. Was there seafood? A lot of shrimp. Oh my god, seafood, yeah. king yeah. crabs, stone crabs, crawfish. Of course, you would think about crabs, you fucking Marylander. Anyway, wagyu. Let's talk about what happened. As this was another one that it came down to the very end. Brian Aubrey gave the Cowboys the lead with a 39-yard field goal with 2.19 left. Um, obviously, the Chargers would get the football back, but it wouldn't go very well. As with 131 left on a third and 10 from his own 25, Justin Herbert was intercepted by Stephon Gilmore. Two kneels down by Dak later, and the game is over. Um, Dallas did what they needed to do, but this is another team that's got a stellar defense, at least it, so it appears on paper. Maybe the defensive metrics don't really show it, but Dallas's defense is kind of scary, at least the secondary. Uh, Dallas 26 for 96 and a score on the ground. They held the Chargers to just 53 yards on 23 carries, and Herbert, 22 for 37 for 227, two TDs and an interception. That's big for the kind of talent that Justin Herbert has. But I saw somebody on Twitter that made a lot of sense, and it was a one it was a one sentence statement. Justin Herbert's overrated. I've been saying this for a year and a half. Austin Eckler's overrated. I haven't been saying that for a year and a half, and I don't agree with it 100%. 14 for 27 on the ground, 4 for 35 through the year. Uh, Keenan Allen, 7 catches, 85 yards, and a score. you got to get more from Austin Eckler. You can't, you can't roll with less than 2 yards of carry. Uh, Dallas handed the football off by committee, although Tony Pollard had 15 carries for only 30 yards. That's not good. 21 for 30, 272 and a TD for Dak. He didn't turn the football over, which is good. He also added 40 yards on seven attempts and a score on the ground. He was Dallas's leading rusher, and that can't be a thing. CD Lamb, seven catches for 117 yards, and Pollard did have six catches for 80 yards. So I guess it wasn't a total wash. Now, your question? Do you know what Dallas isn't? Dallas isn't playing like the Stars. And do you know what the Chargers are short of? They're short of a head coach because Brandon Staley sucks. Were you going for a joke there about the stars? I was. Because it failed. Yeah, well, I mean. Quite spectacularly. Anyway, let's get to our picks because we have nothing really else to say here. The Dallas is going to be there because of the division and Los Angeles will not be there because of the division. Uh, so if the playoffs were to start now, Miami, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Baltimore, you're in because you won the divisions. Buffalo, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, your wildcard teams in the AFC and the NFC. Eagles, Lions, Bucks, Niners, you're in. Cowboys, Seahawks, Rams, you are your wildcard teams. Let's get to our picks, Denny boy. Let's do it. So far this week, we were both 1-0 thanks to Jacksonville's late touchdown and Jimmy Graham dropping a touchdown in the end zone. 
We both picked Tampa Bay to take care of business at home over Atlanta. You have the Raiders without Jimmy Garoppolo. I have the Bears for some reason in Soldier Field to take home this one. Why do you feel that the Raiders are going to win? Uh, either way, AOC or Brian Hoyer are both better than whatever Chicago is going to put on the field. We both pick Cleveland over Indianapolis. Sorry, Minshew Magic will not succeed. We have Ed, Washington. I can't believe you actually thought there was any chance of me taking Indianapolis in this game. We both have Washington over the Giants. Baltimore, Detroit, that's the game of the week. You have Baltimore. I have Detroit. This is going to be what we're going to talk about a lot. Buffalo over New England, that's a no-brainer. Seattle over Arizona. I feel like you would have picked Arizona there if Josh Dobbs played better this week. Uh, no, uh, probably not. The Rams over Pittsburgh. Because this team is in scared. L.A. Because this well, team is in L.A. But one thing you're forgetting here, L.A. is another home game for whoever comes in, and the Steelers travel very well. They do travel well, but that there's a there's I believe in the time zone difference. I'm being honest. Mm. Kansas City over the Chargers. That's kind of sneaky scary, too. Kansas City is your survivor pick this week. By the way, Dan is now 6-0. That's a scary survivor. I'm not going to lie because it's a divisional game. Dan is 6-0 on his survivor. I am now back up to 3-3. Green Bay over Denver. That's my survivor pick. I don't think – I'm kind of scared about this one, too. It's in Denver, and it's a late game. Miami and Philadelphia are on Sunday night. I have Miami. You have Philadelphia. I stand corrected. This is the game of the week. And then on Monday night football, San Francisco at Minnesota. Bye weeks, Carolina, Cincinnati, Dallas. Hold on, hold on. We have different. Jets and Tennessee. I have Philly. You have Miami. I have Frisco. You have Minnesota. I need you to defend Minnesota. No Debo. CMC's maybe hurt. Brock Purdy didn't look like a comfortable quarterback when he no, didn't Justin have his safety blankets. Yeah. Kirk Cousins got something to prove. Okay. All right. I'm just too many pieces are missing and Brock Purdy looked disjointed when Debo and CMC weren't playing up to snuff. That and I need to pick some against you to kind of make up this deficit. Last week I was eleven and five, Dan was ten and six. I picked up a game on him. I'm still five games behind, 47 and 35 for me, 52 and 30 going into this week, not counting the Jacksonville win tonight. Dan, do you have anything else before we say goodbye? Be prepared. Early next week, you will get your two-week update in the NHL, and you will also have updated power rankings coming. And our World Series preview. So all of that and more coming from us Also, check out the Sports Dispatch Facebook page. We're going to have more content coming there as soon as I get my act together and start doing some more stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players of an aim later who can make it better. See ya!